continue. Uh, yesterday we focused on the first three brachas of Shemana Esrei, uh, which is Shevach. And uh, often the um, attitude is that we are praising the king because you can't go to a king and make requests without first acknowledging the king. But often people misunderstand that to think that we're flattering Hashem. Yeah, we're going to flatter Hashem. Hashem needs us to flatter him. Rather, we are, we are praising Hashem in order to put ourselves in the right state of mind to know, know before whom it is that you stand. And it's a big chiddush. What kind of God wants mankind to stand? You know? But this is the, the Yiddishkeit's approach to Hashem, that Hashem seeks to empower man, lift man, and wants us to stand. And that's why this is called the Amida. Is like, what's unique about our orientation to Elukus is that Hashem wants us to stand. So we focused on the first bracha, and the first bracha reminds us that Hashem is all loving. Laman shemo bi'ahava. Hashem is invested in us. He cares about us. Gomel chasidim tovim He takes ownership of the world. And so, when a person is standing before Kadosh Baruch Hu, he he's most likely questioning, why would a Kadosh Baruch Hu be interested? in what I have to say. Why would he care about taking care of my needs? And the first bracha really addresses that question, which is, because you are mamish important to Kodesh Baruch And that was a really a, a big shift. The Greeks did not believe that the gods had any interest in the affairs of human beings. It would be beneath their, their almightiness to care about what's happening to measly little men on this planet. But that's just the heflach of us where we understand that Hashem is very invested. The next bracha is the tagibor, which is, okay, it's very nice that Hashem is all loving and all caring and invested in our lives, but maybe He can't deliver. And I, um, and I mentioned um, yesterday that... Um, you know, there's an idea that either Hashem is all good or all powerful. But is he both? Because he's, if he's all good, then why is there so much pain in the world? And so he either he's all good, but he's not all powerful, and so he can't do anything about the pain. Or he's all powerful, and he's not all good, and so he doesn't care about the pain. That's clearly not Yiddishkeit. Yiddishkeit is saying in the first bracha, Hashem is all loving, all good, invested, cares, and he is all powerful. The next bracha, which is a kadosh, ketoshin yiluchasela, is reminding us that even though in the first two brachot we have so clearly articulated, so to speak, who is Hashem, we have to remember that Kedoshim, 
the holiest people, either they're tzaddikim or the malachim, whoever these kedoshim are, forever will praise you. We will never exhaust the praise. We can never say, we figured out Hashem and this is who He is and we have praised Him, you know, sufficiently. Here's the source. So we did that yesterday. We focused on that yesterday. Today, we're going to begin the requests. Could you explain uh, what the purpose is of our praising Hashem? It's for us to be in touch with before whom we are standing. It's not for His sake. It's not for His sake. Uh, it's for our sake. Rav Kook has a piece in Yisuri Mimarkim where he says that anything that we say about Hashem doesn't come close to what we should have said about Hashem. And even what we should have said about Hashem in our praises is but a tiny, tiny dull spark of who a Kodesh Baruch Hu actually is. And so, in many ways, when, when we offer Shevach to Kodesh Baruch Hu, it's an insult to Kodesh Baruch Hu. Akash Baruch is infinitely greater than anything we could ever say about him. So this is really a concession on Akash Baruch's part to let us say these things for our sake, not for his sake. So this whole attitude of I'm buttering God up, I'm flattering Hashem to get him to be more receptive to my my requests. Akash Baruch Hu, that's how you relate to Akash Baruch Hu. I'm saying these things so I can hear what I'm saying to Hashem. So I can know who it is that I'm speaking to. I know Hashem is all loving and so I, therefore I know that what I'm asking will be valuable. I know Hashem is all, uh, is all powerful and there I have, I have the confidence that Hashem can deliver. And I know that Hashem is mysterious, that everything I'll say about Him doesn't come close to who He is. And I'll, and I'll delve in with humility that I'm talking to Hashem, but I should never think that I I I know who He is. I, I I've got it. Now the now now the first request. Now, what's interesting about the requests is they're all formulated differently. They could have been formulated in a very standardized um, um, format. You provide wisdom. We need wisdom. Blessed are you who is the source of wisdom. You provide healing. We need healing. Blessed are you who heals. It could have been very monotonous and just, you know, but every request has a has a different nuance. Some requests offer a reason for the quest. Suddenly I'm offering some justification for my request. Some requests say Hashem's name. Some requests don't say Hashem's name. So, so um, we don't have the time to go through that much of that. I go through in my safer, but um, but it's important to to recognize that that these requests were written not only in terms of the order of the content, but there's something unique about what's happening to us while we're making these requests that becomes reflected in the unique articulation of each request. So for instance, the first request is a quasi-praise request. It follows the atagibor, atakadosh, atachonen. After that, we don't have that. That, that is not the, uh, the, the format. 
which makes sense that we wouldn't just jump into a request. We kind of transition slowly from praise to a praise that flows into request. What is the first request? The first request is dot. And we know, even though we say, but we know that everything we're asking, we know what it culminates with because of the final bracha, Baruch Hashem, We know what it's, it, it, we, we know that's what that's about. So what is dot? So, um, I believe that the Shmana Esrei correlates to fixing the damage that our ungodly behavior has caused. The first chet was etzadat. And we're now asking Hashem that He give us that rather than we go take it. As well as, and, 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 and then we ask for tshuva because that's the next thing we need to do. But what is dot? So in, in Sod, in the Sfirot, uh, there's something that's uh, confusing because stan- the standard understanding is the 10 Sfirot. When you count them, there's 11 Sfirot. And so, so the Chachmei Sod explain that if you count Keter, you don't count dot. And if you count dot, you don't count Keter. Meaning, dot is actually keter that has been processed through chachma and bina, and therefore you, you wouldn't you wouldn't count both of them because it's really keter. But now that it's being processed into dot, but dot is the manifestation of keter. What is keter and what is dot? It's ratzon. It's will. There's a piece in the Yishalmi that says. If you don't have dot, if you don't know what you want, you can't daven. So actually the first request is we are requesting for the capacity to request. Because without dot, I can't daven. So it makes sense, A, that dot correlates to the mistake of Adam and Chava. And everything flowed from there. But second of all, the dot correlates to knowing what I want so that I can die. So that's the first request. Now, I spend the whole hour in, in yeshiva explaining what is chachma, bina, dot. Why does it say, I mean, when you read it carefully, it's atachone ladam dot, but then you are milamed le'enosh bina. So adam needs dot, but enosh needs bina. There's no mention of chachma. And then suddenly we say, But this is a crash course, and we won't get to the end of this if we don't. So I'd rather today just focus on the structure. The first request is we are requesting for the capacity to request, and that's dot. The next request makes sense. This is tshuva. The foundation of all of Yiddishkeit is tshuva. That's what it's about. It's to do tshuva. So, once I have the ability to request, the next request is the root of all requests, is the request of tshuva. And the entire Shemana Esrei is really built on personal tshuva, national tshuva, 
global tshuva, and then v'techazene neidum b'shuvcha l'tziyum barachamim. Shuvah live ashuvah lecha. We pray for ourselves to come back as individuals, as a community, as a world, which is Mashiach, and then we ask Hashem to come back to us. So the first, so the second request, once we've made a request for the capacity to request, which is to be able to daven, without, without that you can't daven, we now daven for the root of all the requests, which is tshuva. The, the, the next request would make sense. I've asked Hashem for tshuva. Now I ask Hashem for slicha. Okay, that's, that's the next request. Is, um, is that Hashem should forgive us and pardon us for our consequences. The next request is personal redemption. Goel Yisrael. Now, personal redemption, people confuse us to think that this is talking about Am Yisrael. It's not. It doesn't say Goel Amo Yisrael like it's going to soon say uh, when we say take us home mikabetz nitchei amo Yisrael this is talking about Yisrael when a person is choteh when a person sins they have not only violated their relationship with Hashem which they need to ask for forgiveness they've not only incurred consequences which they need to ask pardon they have alienated themselves from themselves they become in a certain way spiritually homeless because they have disconnected themselves from Kaddish Baruch Hu. They forgot who they are. And so, so when we say, you know, see our conflict and champion our, our, our affliction, see our afflictions and champion our conflicts and redeem us quickly for the sake of your name because you are a redeemer Baruch Hashem Go Yisrael. It's the effect of sin is I violated my relationship. I've incurred negative consequences, and I have caused myself to become estranged to my essence. And when I'm estranged to my essence, I'm afflicted. I'm conflicted. I've lost my sense of personal value. And I ask the Kaddish Baruch Hu to redeem me and restore my sense of personal value. I don't feel good about myself because I behave this way. So that's the next request. Now we begin to transition into national request. We've asked for personal forgiveness, pardon, and redemption. But when a person does an Avera, they've, they've damaged Kla Yisrael. And we know that Averas bring about um, sickness. You know, it, it, it causes you to be sick. So the next thing would make sense that we ask for refuah, because in a, because in a certain way, an Avera is is bringing unhealthiness to you. But now we're talking a little bit more a national thing. Rofechole amo Yisrael. Because when I'm not living a holy life, a healthy Torah life, I am causing Klal Yisrael to be weakened and to be unhealthy. So that's the next request. Now we know what it says in the Shema. It says in the Shema that what happens when you don't listen to the mitzvahs? 
uh, rain uh, that uh, rain will not come the land will not produce its produce and that's the next request Klai Yisrael is unhealthy Eretz Yisrael has lost its productivity so the next request is we ask for the restoration of the prosperity of the land and for rain or dew or whatever we also know that when a person does an Avera that uh, it says in the Shema and I'll cast you from the land the, the land will no longer provide its, its, its produce and you will be thrown off from the land so the next thing we asked for is that the land should be restored to its prosperity as it's preparing itself for the return of Am Yisrael to Eretz Yisrael. Okay. Now that we've asked for the return of Am Yisrael to Eretz Yisrael, of course, the next thing is we need an infrastructure. We need an infrastructure. So that's the next thing we ask for. Is an infrastructure. Reestablish the Jewish state. We need ministers, advisors. We need some administration here. So it makes sense. So the whole thing is really very logical. We ask for the ability to ask, dot. We ask for the root that is the root of all the requests, which is tshuva. We begin to then address personal tshuva. Because I've done averas, I have violated my relationship. I've incurred consequences. So I ask for slicha mechila. I have caused myself a personal spiritual exile. I've become estranged to my essence. I've betrayed my true self. I ask for Goel Yisrael. I have damaged Klai Yisrael because I'm a cell in Klai Yisrael and I have weakened Klai Yisrael. So I ask for Refua, for Cholemo Yisrael. This has damaged the land. We know that, that what happened when Adam Arishon sins, then, then the land is, is bearing, is, is kotz, it's, 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 it's and the Shema says that it damages the prosperity of the land. We ask for the prosperity of the land. Shema says that when you do a veras, I'll throw you out of the land. So we ask for being back, coming back to the land. We then ask for Hashem to reestablish an administration in the land of Israel. Then we ask for Lamal Shinim. Now Lamal Shinim is the wild card bracha because it wasn't in the original Shema Esrei. Because when you count up Shemana Esrei, there's actually 19 brachot. And that's really amazing. I would think, if I were part of a delegation that was composing a tefillah for Kla Yisrael, and I'm, we're coming up with a list that what we should put into it, I would have come up with get rid of my enemies right away. I mean, that would have been the first on my list. It wasn't even on their list. That's unbelievable. A tefillah that Kla Yisrael is going to say, and they didn't put our enemies just shows how yidden we, we, we don't want to pray against our enemies and we don't want anything bad to happen to anybody it's, it is amazing consciousness my mother she's a survivor of the holocaust she did a interview with the Shoah Foundation my mother would say he was a bad Nazi he was actually a good Nazi my mother could say somebody was a good Nazi in the concentration camp at the end, they said, Liba, do you have a prayer or a wish you'd, you'd like to share? She said, may God bless all of mankind. I would have thought, my mother would have said, eh, who cares about the Goya? My mother was not like that. 
We're lovers of mankind, even though we have good reasons not to be. And so, the, and the Malshanim, and, and really what inspired this was Dafka Jews. This is really addressing, there were Yidden that were, were, that were betraying the people. They were amongst us and they were very dangerous and they were, they, they were, they were, they were doing terrible things that would undermine the, the national independence of the Jewish people in Eretz Israel. So we now ask for the removal of those Malshinim. But now we turn to spiritual redemption. We've asked for the land to come back to its productivity. For Am Yisrael to come back. We need some kind of government structure. We ask to get rid of anybody that's challenging and possibly undermining all that. And now we ask for the restoration of spiritual leadership. And that's the tzaddikim, the chassidim, mishanim, mitachlet tzaddikim. We now need a religious spiritual redemption. And that's how it really happened. I mean, Eretz Israel is basically a secular state. And Baruch Hashem, more and more, there's so much Torah going on and a tremendous amount of religious leadership in, 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 um, in the army. It's amazing. So it makes sense that that would be the next thing, that now we're praying for not just administrative leaders, but spiritual leaders that can that can um, lead us in a spiritual renewal of the country, and now infuse Eretz Israel and Knesset Israel, or the, the Knesset of Eretz Israel, the Parliament, with kedusha. Now we turn to not international redemption. We've asked for personal tshuva. We've asked for national tshuva. And now we begin to talk about Yerushalayim. Now, what is unique about Yerushalayim, and that's how it actually all happened, we first got Eretz Israel, and then we only got Yerushalayim much later, the old city. Yerushalayim is the epicenter from where we're going to change the world. Ki mitzion teitzei Torah, udvar Hashem Yerushalayim. First of all, where is it going? I mean, if we're in Eretz Israel, then why is Torah leaving Zion? And what is the Dvar Yushalayim that's going from Yushalayim? This is where we're going to broadcast, or we can call it Godcast, to the world, because we're, we're, a, we're a light into the nations. So now we're asking for Yushalayim, because Yushalayim is, is the beginning of transitioning from our own personal tshuva, national tshuva, towards our concern to bring back the world. Malchut Shaddai. And then, of course, what is going to happen for Yerushalayim? We're now, we're now asking for Mashiach. Because we've got the headquarters in place, Yerushalayim. Now we ask for a Tzemach David Avdecha. Because we're now going to ask for the coming back, the, the Mashiach. But we also are beginning to, to, to pray a little bit for Kodesh Baruch Hu too. Because we say, Ki Yeshuatcha kivinu Lishuatcha could either mean Yeshua that comes from you or that Yeshua that will happen to you. Because Hashem needs a Yeshua because we've thrown Him out of the world. You know? If a person really believed that Hashem's presence is in their house, they'd never yell at their spouse. They would never yell at their children 
and, and, and do something abusive to the children. If a person felt the, the presence of Hashem in their office, they'd never do a bad deal. But when a person feels the presence of Hashem on the train, they would never speak Lashon Hara. That means if you're speaking Lashon Hara, you're throwing Hashem off the train. You're doing bad deals, you're throwing Hashem out of your office. You're putting the Shekhin into Gaulus. So Kili Yeshuatcha is already beginning to hint to our desire to bring Hashem back to the world. And then we ask for Hashem to listen to our prayers. So it's a very strange thing, and also we didn't even ask Him to answer our prayers. <laughs> we, don't, we say, don't send us away empty-handed. What do you mean? Give us, answer our prayers. No, just give us a sign that you're listening. I'm not asking you to answer my prayer. I'm asking you to just not send us away empty-handed so I have some sense that you're listening because that's what it says in Eicha. It says in, in, it says in Brachot that, that Hashem shut out our prayers. So once we're at this point, one of the, you know, it says in the Gemara that the, 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 the doors of prayer, the gates of prayer have been locked, but the gates of tears are open. One of the pshat is that there is, when there is an accumulation of tefillot, they can open the doors of prayer. So we've just gotten to an accumulation of tefillot. And so the next thing we're asking for is that Hashem start listening to again us the way He used to listen to us. Because all of this is the negative effects of our averas. Chet We're asking for tshuva. Personal violation. The undermining of the prosperity of the land. Am Yisrael being thrown out. Am Yisrael becoming weakened. Am Yisrael coming back. Establishing a, 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 an administration. Getting rid of the people that are challenging the administration. Coming back to the spiritual leadership of our people. It says that we mevazeh tamidei chachamim. So that was one reason why Yushalayim was destroyed. So we're asking for for the for for the for the tzaddikim for the chassidim because we weren't we were mezalzel. We, we were we, we were disrespectful, and uh, and so then so now we're up to Yushalayim, which begins to transition our concerns now for a a, a, a global tshuva. We then ask for Mashiach. Mashiach ben David, by the way, is a global Mashiach. There's a machlok is in the Gemara whether Mashiach ben Yosef might be killed. Very strange idea. And the Goyim will love this one. You know, ah, you see, Mashiach gets killed. This is what it means. Rav Cook says the idea of Mashiach ben Yosef is Mashiach ben Yosef is a national Mashiach. He's coming to redeem Am Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael and build Eretz Yisrael. And that's why he said in a eulogy for Herzl that he had a spark of Mashiach ben Yosef. Because Rav Kook says that anybody that contributes to the rebuilding of Eretz Yisrael, such a person has already got a spark of Mashiach ben Yosef. But um, Mashiach ben David, and so Rav Kook says that this whole idea of, of, of a day of it says that Mashiach ben Yosef will, will, will have to die. Rav Kook says that when Klai Yisrael becomes obsessed with their personal redemption and forget that they're here to be redeemed so that they can then go on and redeem the world, the Mashiach ben Yosef has got to go. They're too much into Mashiach ben Yosef. 
they have to make place for Mashiach ben David because we're here. Like Rav Salavetsu says that in, in the Akedah when he says to Yishmael and Eliezer, but we'll come back. There's something that I and Yitzchak have to do, but we'll come back to you because we're not going to forget about the world. We came here not just for ourselves. We came with Takin Olam. And so that's why it would make sense that Mashiach. And now we're ready to say Hashem, now listen Hashem. We're ready. We've, we've done Shuva. And so let's repair the damage we did where it says in Echa that Hashem shut out our prayers and didn't want to hear us anymore. So now we have the confidence to say, please now Hashem listen to us. And that prepares us for now saying, bring back the, the Karbonas. Which is, uh, um, you know, listen to our, uh, desire our prayers, bring back the Avoda. And, and that makes sense because we lost the base of Migdus, we lost the Avoda, we've been davening here as par- partially as a substitute for the Avoda. So that it's a perfect logical progression in terms of what should be the next thing to ask for, the next thing to ask for next week. So now we're up to We've come back to you. We've done tshuva and asked to fix all the damage we've caused by our misbehavior. And now we're asking that we see you come back. We come back to you. You come back to us. And then we do something that's really so Jewish. We almost contradict ourselves. We thank you for, the, for all the miracles every day. The kindness never stops. If you really believe that, why did you daven? Why did you ask for anything? You should just thank Hashem. If we would have started the davening with and acknowledge your miracles are with us, our, 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 our souls are in your charge, well, why did you ask for anything? But that's the interesting thing about Yid. You have a mitzvah to ask, but you also have to think. And on one hand, you have to recognize what's missing, and on the other hand, you have to recognize it's all okay. Hashem knows what He's doing. Now, this is a very interesting idea here. Suddenly, we bow down, but we don't bow down the way we bowed down before. The way we bow down before is we bend our knees, and then we arch our backs, and we get up. And the idea, the Arizal says that when we bend our knees, the idea is to bring Shefa into the world. So you're kind of bringing the Shefa down. You're humbling yourself in order to prepare yourself to stand up strong in front of a Kodesh Baruch. Because Hashem wants you to stand. He doesn't want you to be bent over. Hashem Zokev Kufufi. But here, the Halacha says you don't bend your knees. You bow like this. And, and, and the Gemara says that if a person doesn't bow in this place, their spine turns into a serpent. What's going on here? My spine turns into a serpent. So as soon as we see serpents, what do we immediately think of? Nachash. We think of the Echedadam Rishon. Why wouldn't I bow here anyways? What is it saying? I believe what's happening here in Alpi Kabbalah with every request, you are becoming stronger and stronger. With every request, you are building the Shechina more and more, the presence of a Kodesh Baruch Hu in the world and in yourself. And now, at this point, where you have the Chutzpah to pray for God, I, I want to see you. 
what chutzpah to say with our eyes may we see with our eyes you coming back that's who are you that's why you got to get down and this is not about bringing more shefa down this is about bittel this is about really because then your spine which you've been building up and I believe that with every request and we don't have the time to go through it but if you if you carefully analyze the language the language of each bracha becomes more assertive that's like chutzpah blast a great shofar what happened to the lushan of a you know we start off with a praise we transition to a humble request is, is, is pretty bold you feel a, a, a little bit of more an element of chutzpah in the way we speak to Baruch and so at this point modim is bitl now enough it's time to, you know, it's time to really put yourself in the proper place because this could be dangerous that you're becoming so fortified and so assertive and so confident. You are omed in front of a Kodesh Baruch Hu. Now, get down. Just thank a Kodesh Baruch Hu. Just be thankful. Now what I do for myself, I find this a helpful method for me, is I have connected to these words personal experiences that I am thankful to Hashem for. So that these aren't just words, but I actually feel, I actually feel Hakar Satov. And so when I say um, something like, Al Nisecha Shebuchol Yomi Manu, so, um, oh, I'm sorry. When I say, Al Chayenam Sirvacha. So, I, I was in a car accident. My life, I, 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 it's a miracle that I'm alive. It was a terrible car accident. Ismail? What? Was it Ismail? No, no, no. It was in, in, in Canada. The, the, the car was totaled. And I still remember the moment. And so, I go into that moment. When I say Al Chayenam Psirbdecha, and I can feel, I can feel the Hakara Satov just building up in my being. And then when I say, and Al Nishmoteno Apkudodlach, so I think about my wife under the chuppah. And I remember that moment. There's actually a moment in my life that is so amazing when we were dancing towards the chuppah. I don't know, something happened to me. I was struck by lightning. There's a moment where all my friends were around me and we were dancing. Um, um, and, and, I, and so I go into that moment. Because those moments are precious. And it's very much what they, you know, what's described in NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. There, within your brain, there are files. And you can access those files. So neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, they, you come up with some kind of trigger. might be this. So I turn these into triggers. And I, I'm able to get to a point where I start to cry. Because every single, I, I picture the birth of every single one of my children. You really feel like Aras Tov. And so I, I, I you know, you, you can take every word here and, and connect it to a real experience so it's not just a word. And then after we've made that thank you, now 
the last thing, which is, I, they say it's not a request, but I don't see how it's not a request. Seems shalom to. Pardon? Right. It is unusual. I researched it, and I'm not remembering what well, I, I I did research it, but it, uh, I I can't remember offhand right now what 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 was the conclusion on that. So um, what? Right. Makes sense. Aha. Uh-huh. So right. I researched it, and, and it, it's funny because I always teach this, and I never teach that, so I forgot the answer. So I apologize. But yeah, we come to the last request, and the last request is shalom. And the chachamim tell us that there's no kli better than shalom to be mekabel brachot, because you can have all of this. But if you don't have shalom, and if you read this carefully, it really addresses different kinds of shalom. Inner peace, which would be sim shalom tova v'racha, that would be more within myself. Chain v'chesed v'racha, I mean, that's already my relation with other people. I'll call Yisrael mecha within the nation. And that essentially, if we don't have peace, what Mashavik calls it, I could have it all, but if I don't have inner peace, if I don't have interpersonal shalom, if we don't have Kla Yisrael have shalom, so so what do we have? We have Eretz Yisrael, we have learning Torah, but we don't have shalom. So the Kli that is Makabo, all these brachas that we are bringing down by virtue of recognizing Hashem, you are the source of this, and creating a Kli to be Makabo that by wanting this, the final clue that holds all that together is, um, is Shalom. And then we have this personal conclusion where we, we basically say um, Elohai, my God. We started off with Elohei Abraham, Elohei Yitzchak, Elohei Yaakov. But now we say Elohai, my God. Because I should now realize that I have a responsibility. Like Avram brought into the world Ha'el Gadol. Yitzchak ha'ela gibor, Yaakov ha'ela nora. What are you bringing into the world of the Kaddish Baruch Hu? Is it through your learning Torah? Is it through your chesed? It's, everybody has a unique chelik in what they're going to bring into the world about the Kaddish Baruch Hu. So we say it's really, it's very, again, very powerful that I can now, after all this davening, I'm now able to say Elohai, my God. Yeah. Yes. Excellent, yeah. But that is the structure of it. It's personal tshuva, national tshuva, international tshuva. Then HaKadosh Baruch Hu doing tshuva, kibichol coming back to us. We then thank Hashem, and then we finalize with asking for shalom that helps us hold all this together and keep it. And then, and then, and then what we basically do is, hopefully our davening is so amazing, we say, Hashem, Nitzor L'Shanai Meirah. I've just used my lips and my tongue for the holiest of the holiest. Please protect me that I don't waste it. 
after I just daven that I should use my my tongue and my lips to say things that are manipulative and deceptive and 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 those people who curse me I don't want to get reactive and curse them back and v'nafshi kafar likoltiya and and man be like 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 afar like I don't want to take up space I don't want to I don't want to take up too much uh, because again if you understand the Shemona Esrei it's so empowering it could end up being quite a gaivadika experience I'm davening Hashem I'm standing before Hashem I'm making these 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 requests. You know, so, so we say something that's very humbling, and then we say patach means You can't leave davening without reminding yourself. But this is not the whole point. We want our davening, like Rabbi Nachman would say, that there were some rabbis that would say, you know, they're really focused on davening. I say, daven, learn Torah, and daven. Daven that you should be able to learn Torah. Learn the Torah, and the davening you should live the Torah that you learned. And so it makes sense here that at the end of davening, in conclusion, we ask Hashem to protect us from misusing the power of speech. We ask Hashem that the davening should not become a replacement for the other facets of responsibility as a yid, which is to learn Torah and to do mitzvah. If I am learning Torah, and I'm living mitzvahs, and I'm davening. So I say, I say I'm protecting. I'm, I'm doing what I I'm doing what I have to do. And then it's so amazing, and I say, do it for the sake of your name. This is good for you, Akash Baruch Hu. If I'm strong and I'm protected, then that's going to build your name. That's going to build your reputation in the world. People say, look what a kiddush Hashem. Look what Torah does for people. What a great God these people have. Um, and so, you know, and then when we finish, we go back and we remind ourselves that chaser lanu, the base of Migdash, chaser lanu. Because it's very possible, you know, in the, in the reform world, I was told, I don't know if it's true, that the reason why the temples are called temples is because they think this is it. We don't need a temple. We got one. This is the temple. That's what I heard is why they actually called it a temple because they, they're not... They're not focused on the need for a base of Mikdash anymore. This this is our base of Mikdash. Beit Tefillah is enough for us. We don't need Karbanos. So essentially, the Shema Esrei is very logically structured. I have, I have not met too many people that know what they're saying. They're davening. They know what they're saying. My son, when he was like maybe 13, 14 years old, and he would daven with such kavana. You know, you could see his close his eyes if he would, you know. And I said, you know, would, 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 would you like to go through Shema Nesrei? He said, okay. We went through it. He said, you know, Abba, I had no clue what I was saying. <laughs> but he said it with so much kavana. <laughs> you know, he said it with so much, you know, so, so much fire. But he really didn't know what he was asking for. So anyway, so I put together what I call this kavana sheet where I basically uh, give a headline. I paraphrase. I try to get like the the icker point of what we're asking, not that a person should say this before, you know, but before they ask what they ask in Lashon HaKodesh, be a little aware of what is it that we're saying. And today, Nebuch, you have so many kids that are being, you know, in their schools, they have to go daven, but they don't know what they're saying. They don't know who they're saying it to. They don't know why Kaddish Baruch would be interested in even what they have to say. And so I teach Mana Esrei 
to people that aren't even from. And they would say, well, why would this be a text? I mean, we're not, we don't know if we even believe in God. We don't even, I mean, we're not ready to pray. Why would we study this text? And I say, this is the most amazing, condensed, distilled description of what a Jew is. Because if you're dating somebody, you want to know, what, it, what are you dreaming about? What, what, do you, what do you want in your life? So I say, if you're dating Yiddishkeit, so to speak, and you want to know what a Yid is about, this is really what we're about. It's, it's brilliant, Dishman Esrei. It really, in such a concise way, captures what a Jew is all about. This is what I want. And, you know, to have that wish list in a generation that so much doesn't know what they want, this is what we want. This is what you should want. Everything should be in your life, a detail in one of these paragraphs, in this order. Anyways, thank you for coming. I have to give another sheer. Actually, they're coming here so we can hang out and schmooze. Uh, and that's, uh, your take on the Shmoon Esrei is uh, very national. It's on, on well. No, it's not just national. No, it starts off with personal tshuva. Goel Yisrael is not Goel Amo Yisrael. It's, it, we have Mikabetz Amo Yisrael. We have Rofei Cholei Amo Yisrael. Goel Yisrael is that my, my Israelness has been exiled because I've been doing Averas. So it's a personal redemption. But then I transition into asking things that are more national and then more global. And then I begin to hint to even the redemption of the Shechina Kirishuadcha. And then we ask for the Shechina to come back. But it's three stages. It's Tshuva, the, the, the Yechid, the Am, and the Olam. And then Kibichol, the Shechina, should come back. So talking about Look, you know, I hear from kids some really strange things going on in some schools of some very creative kinds of minyan. And, and, and that's very beautiful because we're trying to make it more appealing and more meaningful. But maybe, before we even go there, maybe we should just simply help them understand what they're saying. And, and, and understand why we would want this. How does a person daven when they don't know why is Yerushalayim important to the Jewish people? I've asked students, why is Eretz Israel important to Am Yisrael? A lot of students, after 12 years of school, they don't know why is Eretz Israel important to us. Why, why would I want the base of Migdash? A lot of people, they don't want the base of Migdash. <laughs> what do I care about a base of Migdash? Me, I'm a Cohen. No, I like steak. I mean, you know, I want a base of Migdash. What? Why do you want a base of Migdash? This is the, this is the format. I gave a shear on, um, on tefillah in a shul in Toronto, and a Hasidish boy showed up. It was on Shabbos. He had mamish, like, Hasidish garb, and uh, after my, my class, he ran up to me and said, Wow, I had no clue what I was doing in Davening. So he went back to his yeshiva for third meal. 
And he got in front of all the kids and he says, does anybody know why we daven? Does anybody know what we're saying? And they all said no. <laughs> so this boy started doing a chabura in his room, just reading my Sefer, Small Powered Prayers. And he started getting a room packed with kids. Uh, I, I spoke to his mother. She says, y- y- you saved my kid. He was on his way out. It didn't mean anything. He said, even Rabbanim started coming to his Chabura. So we have such basic parts of Yiddishkeit. And, and, and we haven't really spent enough time figuring it out and, and sharing it with, with our kids. Well, what is this? What are we doing? And, and when we see in Vatik in, Nesio in, in, in people talking during davening, well, you can't expect a yid to just sit there and do nothing. He wants to get something out of this. A, a tip for the stock market, something. I'm, I'm here in davening. You know, if you want to get people to stop talking to each other, you've got to get people to start talking to Gadish Baruch Hu. But, but, but have we discussed what does it mean to talk to Gadish Baruch Hu? And what would, I, what would be worth asking Gadish Baruch Hu? And why would he be interested in hearing from us? So I've, I've said to Rabbanim, it's really important that you say something about the Parsha. But they're going to see the Parsha once a year. They're looking at this tefillah every day. So at the very least, maybe have like a five-minute thing on tefillah. Now, I know it's very hard to keep people. But okay, maybe before davening you have a, a little shear on tefillah. And you go through Parish Milim and, 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 and the concepts that are behind these tefillah. But how do we expect people to keep coming to shul? Less and less are coming. Because there's certain people that are traditionalists. They, they like tradition. And it works for them. I, not too many kids are traditionalists. They, they, they're not the type that are just going to do things. Because that's what we do. They're, they're asking. Rav Cook says that the chutzpah that it says in the times in, in Latid Lavo is a holy chutzpah. People will not be polite. They want to be real. They're not just going to do it because it's tradition. They want to do it because in their heart they're going to do it with with authenticity. So we'll just take a couple minutes and we're going to start in two minutes. The, in the next uh, Chaburah.